Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Chad. I'm a Gen X grown-up. I support Gen X grown-up through Patreon, and you can too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener to episode 110 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? Of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, Mo will finally get to share his fanboy thoughts on the new cinematic version of Dune. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll check out some new and versatile studio gear to up your production game and play a psychological horror game where spooky mannequins are the least scary thing you'll experience. Hmm. We're going to have that and much, much more. But first, it's time for some fourth listener email. But before we even get to the email, it's been a while. What? An iTunes review has just come in. Wow. That's awesome. Do they still run that platform? (laughs) (laughs) All I know is the review came in. I haven't looked at the platform. I don't know. It it moves us further up in the charts and it makes us discoverable. And, you know, unless you're literally searching for Gen X dorks, you might not find us. But if we have a lot of reviews, you might find us just in general things. But yeah, we got a new iTunes review. This one is from... Bird Scotch, I'm going to guess is the pronunciation. It's missing mm-hmm. some vowels, like he thinks he's Tumblr or something. Uh, Bird Scotch, the subject <laughs> Would line you was. be nice? He I just know, gave us a review. review. No, I exactly. I'm grateful. I think yeah. he's. Yeah. Ew, he's super cool because he left out vowels. That's how you can tell the cool people. Talk yeah. about bashing. Good Lord. I, not at all. Thank you, Bird Scotch. I think you're super cool. <laughs> it was a five star review, by the way. He's going to cut that back to two after this. I know. I know. John. <laughs> the subject was get jacked up on Jolt Cola, blow in your game cartridge, and get. Get hooked. Was wow. Topic. Wow. Nice. Okay. Right? So here's what he had to say. There's plenty of podcasts where people blab ad infinitum, but mm-hmm. as a former journalist and Gen Xer, I can appreciate the organization of topics, friendly discourse, and the quality of production this show offers. Nice. <laughs> John just got a little shiver. <laughs> got, That's not a shiver. Let me tell you. I just got something. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> We're never going to be good for kids, are we? Never. Never. <laughs> After tapping into my private cache of Jolt Cola and searching for podcasts on new and old tech, retro gaming, and media, I stumbled onto this podcast, and I'm sure you'll love it. The show's YouTube channel levels up on another dimension of media and game entertainment, which is also not just retro, but modern too. Relive your loved childhood games and media, but also learn about new stuff from the lens of fellow Gen Xers. This show is like Zork. I just keep playing it. Wow. Okay, there is no higher praise than that one. (laughs) I see the former journalist coming out in that review. Yeah, it was like it was exactly, yeah. It was like well-written and phrased. It was organized. Like there's vivid imagery. <laughs> Bert Scotch has got it down. And clearly yeah, he, he has good taste in podcasts. Thank you so much. He should write all reviews, I think. That feels like something that would be on the trailer of the Gen X grown up movie. If we ever have, you know, like Jackass 5.0. Oh, or right. <laughs> in a world where a show is like Zork. Right? <laughs> That's awesome, though. That was an awesome really, review. Really, really complimentary. Thank you so much for that review. It's been a while since we had a new one, and we really love to see those come in. Uh, if Hey, if you have not dropped us a review yet, head over to iTunes or wherever the heck you listen. And most places allow you to give us a rating and review. It really, really helps. And we did also get a fourth listener email. And this one, George, is almost expressly to you related Uh-oh. to a uh, request oh, for help you have. Wait, wait, let me, get my, let me get comfortable here. Okay. No, it's okay, not George's wrong. I, I know you're usually excited about that, but <laughs> oh, that's really? not what it is. Automatically man. assume oh, that man. it's going to bash George. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you remember, George, you were talking about uh, looking for ways to handle media storage for your Plex mm. content, right? You oh, had some yeah, drives yeah. failed. Yeah, right, that was, yeah. Yeah, it was a good discussion. So one of our patrons, Levi, wrote in on Patreon, dropped us a line in there, uh, and he said, hey, I just listened to the newest episode and 
had a comment on Georgia's storage problems. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you ever looked into using an unraid system? Oh, I've heard of those. I don't know much about them, but I've definitely heard of those. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it in the industry. I want to say it's a software based thing where you can form like an almost like a raid like system, but just on regular hard drives in a server or something. I thought it sounds like it. Yeah. So he goes on to describe, he said, it's not quite as plug and play as a Synology NAS that you described. Mm -hmm. But if you do like I did, go out and buy an old 24 bay server and start with just a few hard drives. You can slowly expand it as money becomes available. Okay. All right. So I guess he's saying that the 24 bay server was probably cheaper than the than Uh, the enclosure from Synology. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. So I went and looked it up. It's actually, it's an OS that runs from a USB stick. It is an OS. Okay. Yeah. All the drives in the system can be dynamically added. When you're running out of low on space, you can just add another drive and it starts to incorporate that in automatically. Huh. It of course has parity drives and cache drives and stuff like that. So it does have like hot spares and things of that nature. I'm not an expert, but it sounds really fascinating. And the little bit I've read based on uh, Levi's recommendation is captivating. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And based on the license you get for this Unraid, you can add up to 10 or 15 or the top tier is infinite drives, theoretically, as many as your computer wow. could actually how much attach. They, how much they charge for that? Uh, lifetime for the top tier is like 130. That's it. Uh, that's that's not bad. <laughs> if you're going to do it. Now you need hardware too. You got to pay for that. That's not free, but yeah. Yeah, but 130 for lifetime. Does you, Do you get support? Do you know, John? Or is it just you get the license and you figure I'm it gonna out? I'm going to guess you get something. I haven't dug that deep. They have forums and stuff, okay. I expect. So community stuff. I'm definitely, this is interesting. On top of that, Levi bumped it up by saying, and it can run Docker and virtual machines. So I have almost all my stuff running in Docker containers like Plex and many other things. Yeah, I've played around and looked at Docker stuff back when I was trying to figure out if I wanted to run VMs on my home system on that old Alienware laptop. And they look cool, but they also seem a little scary to me. Yeah, it's it's a little bit daunting, but it's something I had never heard of. And when I saw the message come in from Levi, I'm like, well, you know, this is addressed to George, but I'm looking it up because now I'm interested. We yeah, said somebody's going to write in with something we never heard of and end up where, and absolutely, I've been digging into it to learn more. It's really interesting. Nice. I'm definitely going to seat you around. I mean, Levi, if you, uh, when you hear this, uh, if you can uh, send me like some places to go looking for old servers, like yeah. I don't know if you went online and found some Oh, cool the hardware. websites yeah. that sell yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, good call. Um, or if you just picked up in your local area, like here where I live in Florida, the government does government auctions of all that old equipment all the time. Mm. And sometimes you can go pick up stuff there, super, super, mm-hmm. super cheap mm. that yep. is still usable equipment. So right. I'll kind of wait to hear from Levi, but look at that as well and see what I can find. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Mo, I'll throw you a link to the Unraid oh, site and you can put Please. it on the show notes. Anybody wants to dig any further. Uh, I think it's a captivating thing. I'm, I'm going to be yeah. doing some more research myself. So thank you so much, Levi. Uh, I think you may have sent us all on a journey. So yeah, really. very cool. Uh, we appreciate you writing in. Of course, we appreciate every time the fourth listener takes time to write in. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's so easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one of them, and most of them, like Levi's, uh, will make the show. All right, with that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the body of this show right after the break. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You have been chosen to be the ultimate laser warrior. First, choose wisely. Choose the only laser that really works. It scores on the helmet, scores between phasers, and module. When going into battle, don't get tagged. Be the ultimate laser warrior. Only Photon really works together. You have chosen wisely. Photon, only from Entertech. We're going to get going right here at the top, as we always do, talking about media we have been checking out. Could be books or comics or music or television or movies or whatever it is. Uh, And George, I would like to start with you. Last time we spoke, you were looking forward to a new film. And I happen to know that you hit the theater up just last night. What did you check out? Yeah. uh, Edgar Wright's newest offering, Last Night in Soho. Oh, yeah. This is a film 
that the trailer probably confused uh, totally. everyone who saw it for the better yep, part yep. of two or three months. <laughs> My hands up. Yep. Yep. You described it. Sounded great. I went and watched the trailer. I'm like, this is confusing garbage. I, I, don't like, I, have, no, I have no idea what that movie's about. <laughs> I wasn't sure either, but it's Edgar Wright. And I'm a big fan of Edgar sure. Wright ever since Shaun of the Dead oh, yeah. and Space so and all yeah. the other stuff he's worked on with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I love Edgar Wright stuff. So I'm like, okay, he's worth taking an A-list slot chance on yeah. this movie. We get to lose, right? So I went and watched it last night just so i would have the ability to talk about it here on the podcast and i am extremely happy that i did so oh really basic premise of the story uh young girl trying to make good in the big city becoming a fashion designer okay. that's the girl who's moving into london uh she's going to a fashion design school that she just got accepted to and at some point while she's in london in the big city as you see in the trailer she develops this ability through her dreams to kind of interact with an earlier time in the same area of London, specifically the mid to late 1960s. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, not that far back. I, I thought it had like a little time travel-y, vision-y sort of thing to it, right? A little bit, yeah. It's got kind of that feel to it, but it becomes readily apparent that it's not time travel. It's more her connecting to ghosts from the past kind of a thing. And oh, I want to okay. use that Astral term ghost. projection-y something. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I want to okay. use the term ghost because this is absolutely a horror movie, which oh, totally really? shocked me. Okay, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, And I didn't figure that out until probably 40 minutes into the film. <laughs> really? Okay. How, <laughs> how so? Yeah, at first I'm like, this is kind of like one of those sci-fi supernatural kind of things didn't expect horror out of this at all and that shit twisted on a dime quick yeah really? okay it really got dark and twisted very quickly and just in the middle third of the film you know usually you think of films in three acts beginning middle and end right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that middle act of this film holy hell they put that character through the ringer and we talked about it in our latest backtrack where we were talking about the horror debates and we talked about jump scares as being mm -hmm. one of the main debate mm -hmm. topics mm -hmm. this movie had in my opinion one of the best applications of jump scares in the last five years of films that i've wow. watched okay dang wow they were not overdone there wasn't like 40 of them in the movie and they were subtle you didn't see them coming and the tension in the second act of that film just kept me glued to my seat. I, I was really impressed with this film. Wow. Nice. I, I'm suddenly interested. Yeah, me more too. More so than I was after seeing that trailer. The George that should had you do the PR for this damn film. <laughs> yeah, a lot better. I mean, I know a lot of the actors in it. You know, I was like, okay, maybe it's worth it for that. But yeah, the trailer really left me, just lost me. Now, we'll say the ending sequence went a little too far afield. Mm -hmm. I think Edgar Wright might have been smoking a little peyote that day, <laughs> but it was still a very solid ending to a really great film. Well, sounds like you describe it like you might have earned a few gimmies after such a great twist in the middle. So it sounds like the ride yeah. overall was worth it for you. Wow. It really was. I mean, there are characters who you kind of want to hate right away and then other characters who you're like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I can see where that's going to be a sympathetic character. But then there's some other characters you really, you don't know what the hell they are until it's revealed. Oh, it's wow. really well done. He did a good job with this. Throw us a rating. What would you rate it? What do you think? You just saw it fresh in your mind. Um, definitely full price on my A-list scale. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a big. Out of the, our token system, a solid four, four and a quarter tokens. Wow. Okay. That's, that's respectable. Okay. Yeah. Last night in Soho. All right. It is going on my list for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Good now stuff. Now I feel like all kinds of pressure because you're going to go see it and it sucks. And then you're going to be like, you <laughs> suck. That was terrible. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It was as bad as Lamb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lamb wasn't bad. No, wait, wait. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I digress. John, mm -hmm. before we get to the main topic of this section, which we all know what it's going to be, <laughs> what is it that you might have been viewing? Yeah, I was looking forward to, I told you there was a new Star Trek series that was kind of skewed toward kids, Star Trek Prodigy, mm -hmm. that just mm -hmm. kicked off. Uh, and have either of you got a chance to see it yet? No, no. I'm not. No, okay. There's just one episode or two episodes, like a two-part pilot, I think, just came out. And I don't have any spoilers. I, I'm not sure there are any spoilers to give, really, because it's kind of a kid's show. It's not like a ton of mm -hmm. twists and crazy things. But 
I definitely have thoughts about it. Like, <laughs> so the premise overall of Prodigy is, and I mentioned it's kind of a kid's show. It doesn't mean it's like, you know, fart jokes or, you know, anything like that. It's loaded with action more so than dialogue. It's not so much character driven as it is just kind of relationship driven between these characters. The premise is there are this mishmash of all alien characters, creatures, whatever, that are trapped. That Someone's been bringing all these orphans and young people to work in, on this derelict mining camp, just digging ore and doing stuff. And they all want to escape. Okay. And they've outlawed communicators so nobody can talk with each other. So they have to kind of make motions because everybody speaks a different language. And ultimately, through a, a series of events, they discover while digging a lost Federation starship that is somewhere on this. Turns out the bad guy's been looking for it. That's why the mining and all. And so this ragtag group of alien youngsters get on the ship to escape the mining camp that they're kind of enslaved at. Okay. And I'm sure the series is going to be the guy who's been looking for the ship wants it back from the kids who effectively stole it from him. And I'm, I don't like this series yet, but I don't dislike this series yet. It hasn't grabbed you yet or... It was a weird pilot. So we've all seen, uh, probably at this point, a dozen different Star Trek pilots. And this is not a typical Star Trek pilot in that, hey, you get to meet the characters and their motivations, how they work with each other, their history in the Federation. The idea with this series, as I understand it, is this is supposed to be an entry point for young people who know nothing about Star Trek. And so that's where all these characters start. They're not part of the Federation or anything like that, or Starfleet at all. They literally just found a ship and they're using it to escape. And that's where that holographic Catherine Janeway comes in. She comes in at the very end. That's kind of the mentor who's going to tell them how to use the ship, how to be good people, I'm guessing. You know, I alluded before it's going to be don't do drugs, be kind of each other, you know, how to the prime directive stuff. So I don't even know what the series is going to do because it really spent the whole hour, a lot of action, a lot of running from each other, a lot of jumping in a ship, and now they're off. In the last five minutes, they have a spaceship and they're running around. So I kind of feel like it hasn't really started yet, but it looks good. So, <laughs> Oh, okay. So question I have is, that, I mean, I'm assuming it's canon stuff, right? I mean, that's all the it stuff is. they're doing Oh, yeah, these days, it's right, right in canon. Yeah. Do they say, like, what's the um, time frame? Like, when does it take place? It takes place, yeah, shortly after the end of Voyager. And this takes place in the Delta Quadrant. Oh, it's all in the Delta Quadrant. Where Voyager was lost. Where Voyager right, was, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, their ship, by the way, is called the Protostar. It's an NX class ship, meaning Ooh, it's a prototype ah. ship. It's got some <laughs> tricks Ooh. up its sleeve. Yeah. Everybody hears NX and they go, oh, oh stuff's oh. going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how we got there then, apparently. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you talked about that at the end of episode one, they got off the planet and you felt mm-hmm. like that maybe now the series would take off. That's exactly the same way I felt about Lower Decks. That first episode, I wasn't a big fan of. Mm. It wasn't until episodes two or three sure. that I yep. started to really enjoy the context and the characters and the relationships and all of that stuff. So I'm wondering, maybe this Prodigy might, they might have done it the same kind of way because episode one of Lower Decks felt like an intro or a trailer to the series to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it could be just a setup, right? I think you're right, probably. They had a lot of setup to do because you have to meet like six or seven or eight different characters, know who they are, what their motivations are, how they act with each other. And you have, you see races you know, you see a Cation, you see a Kazon, you see a Tellarite, you see races you know, but not in any kind of context you would know them. They're just on this kind of prison planet mining ores. Just all thrown together, doing. basically. Right? Yeah, they're just kind of thrown together. So I think really what will tell me if I'm going to like the show or not, I almost feel like I wasn't invited to the pilot. Like, this isn't for me. This was to get other people in to get started, and maybe we get into the second and third kind of real episode episodes. Then I'll find out if like gorgeous, by the way, looks great, well animated, the voice work is great. And you know, people say it's not Star Trek. It's not Star Trek. Screw you. It's in the universe of Star Trek. (laughs) Not everybody has to love everything in it. And if I don't like it, that doesn't make it any worse. It just means maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's it's not because it's kitty. It's just because it's so different from everything we've seen before. So okay, uh, I can't wait for you guys to watch it and see what you think about it. And uh, maybe we'll circle back uh, and get a few more episodes in. Yep. All right. So we've talked about some Soho. We talked about some Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Mo, I don't think there's anything else we're going to talk about. So we just move along to tech and toys at this point because yeah. you uh, really yeah. have nothing yeah, on your mind, right? Dude, it was all right. You know, let's move on. Okay. Yeah, all right. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dune, after two years awaiting, I mean, literally two years awaiting for this stupid movie to come out. Let me say, when they delayed it, I was getting more and more upset. But so finally got to see You're it. You're not helping the case if you like this movie by calling it this stupid movie. This stupid damn <laughs> movie. Right. It's pissing me off. So I finally saw it and 
I really, really like the movie. Oh, good. I mean, it's not perfect. You know, there's a couple things I don't like about the movie, some of the characters, but I thought in some the way if they visualize things, it was like they took those images like right out of my head when I was reading the book of what I thought oh, things should look like. That's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, right? it was. Things it was you like, imagined turn yeah, out that I way. Imagined, that's like cool. the ornithopters, the, the flying I things knew you were going to say the ornithopters. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. by far the most successful translation from the film visually, I think. What, what's an ornithopter? Is that, oh, is that the, the dragonfly? The dragonfly, yeah, the dragonfly helicopter. Oh, okay. I said, those yeah. look kind of stupid, but I said they may have looked really damn cool, actually, I thought. <laughs> The thing I really liked about it, which is unlike that TV series Foundation, which I despise, mm. it kept the heart of the book. Even though it took a lot of stuff out, it kept the main, what the story was about, you know, alive. And they added a couple things like I didn't particularly care about. And I didn't like the way they did Paul's mom because she was a much stronger person in the book. She wasn't as cryy as they kind of made her in this one. And he didn't have like visions all the time. I think it was just to get Zenyatta more screen time, I think, or something. But, but other than that, though, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad they got greenlit to do the second half of the movie. So now I got something to wait for two more years for. <laughs> or more. Maybe the next <laughs> pandemic more. will hit. We have four oh, to win. Yeah. I, if it, now the pandemic hits, it's going to be your fault, John. Uh, sure. It might, the pandemic is my fault. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys, did you guys see it? Did you get a chance to oh, check yeah. it out? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched about the first 45 minutes of it on HBO Max, and I think I told you, now that I've watched the first 45 minutes, I'm now ready to go back and watch the movie in proper because I'm not a Dune expert, and I was super confused for a long time. <laughs> but George, I know, is also an uber Dune fan. I know he got to see it. I'm more curious to see what he had. I, I did. I, I went to go see this in theater with my family, Dolby screen with all the oh, yeah. you know yeah. loud audio stuff and everything. Right. We had a couple of comments back and forth in Discord, and some people saw it on HBO Max mm -hmm. like you did, John. Mm -hmm. And yep. some people weren't as happy with the film and were commenting, regardless of whether you think they did a good job of translating the book to the screen, the visual aspects of this movie on its own demand that it be seen in a theater. I agree. I know that people were yeah. upset about the theater prices. That's not the film's fault. No. I saw it at IMAX. Let me tell you, that was that's that's the way to see it. Yeah, this film deserves to be seen on a screen larger yeah. than anything you can put in your house, right? Mm -hmm. Except for maybe John C. V. <laughs> <laughs> Even bigger. It needs to go. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. It, the little bit I know about Dune, just watching what I watched, it was absolute eye candy. The cinematography, the framing, the lighting, the composition was like, oh my goodness. Like every shot was a computer wallpaper. It was crazy. Yeah, and the scale of everything was huge too, right? Everything's in this massive scale. Yeah. Now I'm going to get into the part that might piss Mo off. Yeah, it might. Probably. Mm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get my popcorn. <laughs> get your Kit Kats out. Yep. Yum, right. yum, yum. So this film was made for one audience, in my opinion, and that's for previous fans of the book. I don't think this film on its own did a good job of bringing new people into the story in a way that they could understand it. And I'm going to say that because my son, who loves science fiction, had too many questions that he shouldn't have had had they done a better job of explaining the story. My wife also had too many questions and they were all different questions. They didn't have the exact same questions, which shows me that no matter what background you come from, somebody our age, somebody younger, somebody from a different country, somebody from this country, this film did not do a good job on its own of bringing people into the universe. Now, I think when they bring part two into this, I believe that will be the way that you should see this story. I don't think you should see part one, wait for a year and a half, and then see part two. I know mathematically you kind of have to if you want them to make part two. Otherwise, they're not going to make it because they didn't make <laughs> it in the movie no the theater. Two. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. But this film really begged to be together with its part two, in my opinion. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one, but just, you know, I mean, I talked to oh, people I was looking who forward also, to a fight. Damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. On, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he does make some valid points there, but I also talked to some people who have, who have not read the books and sure. they actually, they enjoyed the movie. Now they, now they did have questions. They did have questions. That's oh, not my oh, point. Yeah, we can enjoy it. My wife and son yes. love the movie. I'm the same way. Yes. Yep. They just didn't understand what mm -hmm. was going on. I'm in the same boat. I'm just like your son and wife. They had some questions, but they really enjoyed it. And I, and I, it's hard for me because I've read the book so many times and mm -hmm. my brain was automatically filling in stuff. And I made me aware that it was filling That's in That's exactly where I started to notice that. Yeah, I don't even know Two thirds when. of the way through the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where like my brain was filling it in or did they explain something? Like, I'm like, it's obvious. And maybe it was obvious to me and that's other people. I don't know. It all, it all blended together. I don't sure. disagree with you on that. It's just hard for me to, it's almost, I can't pull myself out of that and look at it objectively and say, oh, they didn't explain this well. You know, it's just tough. You know, to George's point, remember? 
remember the other day we had lunch mm-hmm. together and I said, what's the deal with the guy that thinks real hard and his eyes go white? Yeah. Right? They didn't exp- <laughs> I had no idea. And you, and yeah. you started to explain to me, you clearly understood everything about the Mintac right. or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. right? Mintax, they didn't yeah. say he's a Mintac. They didn't say the deal with computers. They didn't say about how they get rid of them and how they study. And like, no, it's just how long does it take to get here? You never heard anything about Imperial conditioning either, did you? Nope. Do you notice that little diamond shape on Dr. Yui's forehead, John? Okay. You're never told why his betrayal is such a big deal. Yeah, because technically he's not supposed to be. I thought it was just jewelry. I didn't know. And then some of that stuff, I think they just purposely just gloss over. Like he just portrayed him and that's all there is, you know, and that's that's the story. So I get that. Here's the part where I'm going to piss Mo off a lot. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, all right, here we go. I think that's what the 1984 movie did better than this one. No, 1984 sucked. I'm not saying that 1984 was a better film overall than this one, but the 1984 movie, you can't argue that it didn't explain those exact points way better than this film did. Okay, so the reason why the 1984 explained things is I look at like the way the original Blade Runner, because they came out with the original Blade Runner had that voiceover with Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford, because basically they were saying people are too stupid to figure this on their own, so we're going to have Harrison Ford do this whole voiceover, and all I remember is that annoyed me about the second word is that whispering voice every time they had to explain something that was too deep. Oh, a meta is a blah, 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 John just admitted yeah, he had, had no, no idea, idea what a mint yeah, no, was right. and would have benefited from something like but that. But you're, see, the thing is that because you see it from the book perspective, you assume that John has to know that. Did he have to know that to, to enjoy the he movie? He wanted to know it. That's my point. Okay. And maybe if he saw it a couple times, he would say, you know, he'd figure it out. But does he necessarily have to know that to enjoy the movie? And they said they're going to cut things out. They have to cut things out in order to make it fit. Enjoy the movie is different than the movie being effective at communicating its story. But I, I don't know if it was ineffective. Like I said, I think if you watch the movie, like if you looked at the Mentat, you say like the first time when John saw it, I agree. Like if you saw it the first time, but then you see it like the second time, you start seeing other people that look like him with the same tattoo doing that same kind of calculations in their head. I think eventually you kind of like, oh, I kind of get what it is. I, and think, I think you, you and just, I pick well, I was up like, on is that. Is he an android? What do you, maybe he's a robot. I you think know, that's you my and I thought. pick up on that because we know the backstory so well. I don't think people like my son, my wife, or John pick up on those subtleties as well because there's a shit ton of stuff going on screen at almost every second of film here. Yep, I'll say that. There's a lot of distractions. And, and I definitely think it's a movie that begs to be watched more than once. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with I you. I do that. think that it's like kind of watching um, Memento. Mm-hmm. You have to watch that one twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. You know, because th- the second time you catch stuff that you just did not see the first time, and it makes so much. It's a whole, totally different movie. This one, I think you see because I think there is a lot of subtlety. Because yeah, and that's a tough thing. I mean, you take such a dense story, an incredibly dense story, and, and make it into a. I'm just glad one. I'm glad they split the two movies because it would have been ridiculous. I think they really need to do three. Need to be more, right? <laughs> yeah, they could. Yeah. Been, if yeah. Jackson can get away with doing three plus films yeah. of the Lord of the Rings Lord stuff, because yeah. I'm not going to count those is three films that's like five films with the extended cuts being oh, four yeah. and a half hours and shit. oh yeah that's kind of ridiculous so dune deserves that same kind of treatment in my opinion yeah i mean when i read the article why he splits it too was because there was a natural break in the book mm-hmm. yeah there is and and that's where he stopped the first movie and it made sense but yeah no i don't disagree that i think it was trying to communicate a lot of stuff so i definitely see where you're coming from i'm just saying side. 84 communicated it better than this one well that's because they literally told you like but I mean, but, like, but but then you knew no but they, no but the <laughs> But it obviously didn't work because the movie was still terrible, even though you understood it, but it was terrible. Sometimes telling people shit is a great way to get them to know it. That's I'm just saying. (laughs) My point is, I'm not saying that 84 is a better film than this one. I honestly think this is a better film than 84. I'm saying that there is one aspect, one small aspect that 84 did better than this film. And this film should have learned that lesson from 84. And I don't think they did, at least not yet. Circling back to what you said, you think it should be watched more than once. You both agreed it should be watched more than once. Absolutely. To that end, I think what should happen for people like me and your son and your wife is watch it once, then talk to someone who's an expert and get your questions answered, <laughs> then watch it again. So now you can take all that stuff in context because this is all shit I needed to know when I first started watching it. And <laughs> stop because I'm like, I'm so confused and baffled. I guess to talk to George and Mo to figure out what's going on. So I, there's no question. I think this is going to be standing as a great new film. It's a new film franchise, probably, yeah. now that they finally yeah. Done it right. So, Mo, you brought this to us. You're waiting a long time. Yes. Give us a rating. What do you think about this first Dune film? Oh, I, I, I'm going to give it like probably burn up tokens. If I was like had to pay full price to see it this in theater, I would not be disappointed just from the visual aspect. I mean, the acting was amazing in it, I thought. Although, except for the mom, he didn't like the mom, but the rest of it I brought with that it was really, really good. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, I mean, he was the best Paul I've seen of any of the movies. Yeah, there's been three. Yeah. 
Right. And he did by far did the best. Oscar Isaacs, the dad. I mean, like I said, it's everything. I just loved the casting way they, was the phenomenal. The casting yeah. was great of the story. You know, I do see where George was coming from on that. You know, I don't agree 100 percent, but I do see where he's coming from. And I think he makes some good points. But for me, as a fanboy of it, honestly, when I saw how they did like these massive ships and the ship coming out of the water, every, the scale of everything is the way I saw it in my head. Nothing was small. They've had a long time to put this thing together. Yeah, he and did. I yeah. think they did themselves a slight disservice. Now, what I'm hoping is that there is a director's cut out there that adds another hour to this <laughs> damn thing. I, I bet you there is. I was thinking that too. I want to see that when it gets out there because Mo, like you, I'm a huge Dune fan, always have been. And no matter what it is, I know you don't like the 84 film and you have strong feelings about it. To me, it's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still good. I'm still going to enjoy it. I've seen it it multiple times. Even the 84 one, I've seen more than once, even though I disliked it every time, but I still watched it. Well, before we get out of this, George, also a super fan. Would you give it a similar rating, different rating, higher, lower than Mo? He said, what, four and a half? Slightly lower. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it four, you know, somewhere between three and three quarters and four, honestly. It's really close right in there. The only reason why I say that is because I just talked about last night in Soho, a film that I knew nothing about the story and was completely swerved. And to me, that was a better way of communicating an even crazier idea Mm -hmm, to think about it than Dune. Of course, Dune, I've read, I don't know how many, five, six times at this point. But yeah. cool. That's cool. Wow. All right. I can't wait to go back now after this information and watch it for myself <laughs> with this context. So uh, fantastic. I can't wait. Just super. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. Dad, tell me get in shape. I feel like I've lost the edge. You've lost the edge? Everybody's got a diet right It doesn't matter who you are It's gonna be a tough fight So give yourself the greatest taste I bet you didn't know the diet right has no salt Technically speaking, Dad, it's sodium I've been avoiding salt myself for four or five years now Right all right, for tech and toys, we have a couple of interesting things. I guess two things I guess are, are classified as equipment that me mm-hmm. and George have to talk about. And sure. John, though, you have something that you already did a video on. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. this thing, I, I'm just tickled <laughs> at looking at this thing. So why don't you talk about what you have? Yeah, mine's not equipment. Mine is a straight up toy. There's no, yeah. two, no two ways around <laughs> it. So this is something that's not even out in North America yet. But I, uh, Super Impulse, the company that does the tiny arcades, the mm-hmm. micro arcades, mm-hmm. they put out a tiny Atari 2600, a super teeny one, but it comes with a little TV and a little Atari and a little controller and a little <laughs> RF modulator. It's so cute. <laughs> it just looks, I know it does. As soon as I saw it, I found an online UK retailer where they're currently out and I had it imported, paid double for it uh, and couldn't wait to do a review. And so I did. Wait, and, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You only paid double. Yeah, only paid double. There are three of us. You should have paid triple. (laughs) Oh, I should have paid quadruple because I need another one, actually. (laughs) I think they're coming to North America, so eventually we can get them for for cost, hopefully. But yeah, so I got it imported from the UK. I paid 50 bucks or so as of the 25. Took about two weeks to get here. Uh, I figured, hey, it was interesting to me. Might be interesting to viewers. And it's before everybody else gets it in the North America. So, hey, get a jump on the YouTube audience. And that worked. You got a jump on my Amazon shipping. (laughs) Right. That's not hard. (laughs) Oh, your regular Amazon (laughs) shipping. you two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So here's what it is. I told you what the hardware looks like. It's 10 games on it. But rather than just putting classic 2600 games on it, which you would think is what I would want. I have a lot of things that do that. They had a lot of ports. There's a lot of arcade style games. It's like Centipede and Breakout and Warlords mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Tempest is on there and a port that I've never seen. Really actually pretty playable across the board on these. The two that blew me away the most though were the ones that were closest to their Atari 2600 original games. The first one was Combat. Oh. Okay, we love Combat. We've played it. But Combat was a two-player game. Right, had to 
there's no computer to play against. You play against a computer, it's just you shooting the other tank for fun, and then it doesn't move. Yeah, try to see how many rebounds you can do and hit the tank, right? That's all you right, can do. Right, right. <laughs> they added a computer AI for combat in this little toy. That's So cool. you can play against a computer of multiple difficulty. That was awesome. Yeah. Never seen that before. And the other one was Pac-Man was one of the titles they put on there. And I'm like, oh, we've seen 100 versions of Pac-Man. Which one's it going to be? Is it this one? What's the sound going to be like? They just gave everybody the middle finger and says, you know what? You're getting the Atari Pac-Man. The bad one that came out in 83 that was bonk, 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 bonk. That's the Pac-Man they put. And it's so kitschy. It's so, it's still (laughs) horrible. I love that as a choice. And, you know, none of these games blew me out of the water. There were some interesting ports. It was really cool. No games on it. Just the hardware is worth 10 bucks to me. But the fact that it's 10 games, it has the combat with AI. It's got, you know, the, the stupid Pac-Man. It's great to see on this tiny screen. It's actually playable, even though you hold the controller with your fingertips. <laughs> and I can't wait for this thing to hit North America. I'm afraid it's going to be underdeveloped and it's going to be scalped. But if they just make enough of them, they're going to fly off the shelves. These things are absolutely the cutest damn thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it is. I'm already ready for you to buy me one. Yeah, I'm ready for you to buy me one too. Are you ready? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll see yeah. what I can do. <laughs> Let me see. I, I, I watched your review of it. When I first saw it, I was like, I would be happy if that just sat on my shelf. It just looks did so nothing. damn No cute. batteries. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was shocked that that controller actually worked as small as it is. You and me both. Yeah. It looks, a little CX-40 can't be more than an inch tall. Yeah. And it absolutely was usable. It's kind of clicky. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> but it is an odd grouping of games. Oh, yeah. Most of them trackball and paddle games with yeah. a controller. Odd, odd, odd. But yeah, I, I was giggling and grinning the whole way through the review. <laughs> I think it showed and I loved it. It gave it a great review. I dropped on to Super Impulse and said, hey, you want to share this out? Go for it. I love this thing. And they're like, you will do it. So I'm uh, nice. happy about this thing. Can't wait for it to hit North America. We'll throw a link to the video that I did down in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The description of that video is where you can go and get it from Amazon UK right now if you're impatient like me. But I don't have a pre- selling it yet nothing no no it can't be pre-ordered anywhere yet yeah so if you're big enough dork like me for atari you're just gonna bite the bullet and order it and wait for it so it's yeah cute <laughs> as heck. nice Mo. let's move along to you though you mentioned you had some gear actually yeah. not so much a toy what are you looking at? Did you ever have something that you just, like a piece of equipment you have, it just pisses you off every time you use it, but you don't, for some reason, you just never get around to replacing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my left leg. <laughs> <laughs> my my thing was my arm that my microphone's on. I had like one okay. of those little cheap lamp ones you know, with the springs on the outside and the, the <laughs> things that you can yeah, never really that's what I've got. that well. And when I'm doing recordings with you guys, it's like I'm constantly like either I feel my head like sinking as the mic slowly goes down or, or I'm like constantly it's having like to that office chair that by the yeah, end of the exactly. day you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> and so finally, after our last recording, it kept doing that and I kept lifting it, kept doing that. And then the thing like fell and I was like, ah, I'm getting a new one. So I went to Amazon, looked up a couple and I found one. It's called IX Tech is the company and it's made to be like just a microphone stand. I'm actually very, very happy with it. It's it's a lot thicker. Like the knobs you turn to tighten it to keep in position. You have a lot of area to get your fingers on it to turn it. So it's not like this tiny thing that you're like ripping your skin off trying to get this thing tight. Mm-hmm. It has like a track for the cables on it. So your cabling okay. is nice on it and it, it's built for microphones. Like the connector on the end is the big screw that you use to connect microphones. I have, you know, you can do your boom on it. I'm pretty happy with it. I, I went and took a look at it from your, the link that you uh-huh. had here in our card. And one thing I noticed right away is your description of the kind of arm like I have, the yeah. one that you used to have. The Those are the ones that have the two parallel system of squared, small little beams, yeah. right? That are jointed in two or maybe three places if you're lucky. Yeah. The one that you have here, it looks like they're steel round yeah. pipes and they look a lot more solid and beefy. It feels that so way. So they seem like they can hold more weight than this little flimsy thing that I use currently. Have you looked at that or do you know what it says as far as like how much weight it can hold or anything? I mean, I looked at the reviews and the first thing I said was, because I know these, we use the Yeti mics, me and John do, and they're not light, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I was, and a lot of people asked me, that was a question that everybody was asking on Amazon, you know, can it support a Yeti mic? Can it support a blue, you know? And they were, they were like, yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you, it's rock solid. Like this sucker is not moving anywhere. And it clamps to the desk. It's not a floor mounted stand no, it like I It clamps to have. the desk. And actually has two ways of clamping it to your desk. It has like the standard kind of clamp, 
like C-clamp. Or mm -hmm. if you have a hole in your desk, it actually has a way you could drop it in and screw it from the bottom so it right. actually goes into your desk. So if you didn't, you don't have to put mm -hmm. it on the edge of your desk if you want to put a hole, if you happen to have a hole there. Mm -hmm. It just looks better. <laughs> it's not like one of those cheap <laughs> lamp ones, which is what I had before. Even the C-clamp thing to screw that on there, it's not like the little metal thing. You know, it's like a big thing you can really get your hand on. And when you tighten it, you feel like, okay, this sucker's not going anywhere. So I think the the springy, you know, how the Pixar lamp one that you mentioned, George, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. those run for 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. I can only hazard to guess what this one had to yeah. be. This one, double yeah. that or? Uh, this was 80 bucks. 80 bucks. Yeah, I paid 80 mm -hmm. bucks for it. Luckily, I had a bunch of points I could spend. So <laughs> There's an indication of just how frustrated Mo was with his old arm. He's like, 80 bucks? <laughs> Done. I don't care. As long exactly. As it's good. Because <laughs> I, I spent like 25 bucks on my previous one at that. It yeah. was oh, yeah. cheap. It's worth the 50 extra dollars for me just because, you know, if I was, if I were got this a year ago, I probably would have added years to my life of not having that frustration of dealing with that stupid stand. <laughs> All right. I accept. So, and I'll throw a link, of course. And, but I'm really actually interested in what George has to talk about because he's been looking at this for a while and it sounds like a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised anybody's interested in hearing about it because it's really just a table. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is. No, 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 this is more than just a table. I have seen yeah, the pictures. It's definitely more than just a regular table. It, it's more than a regular table, yes, but it's made by a company called Husky. Now, not oh, yeah. Husky pants like when we were kids and you know, John <laughs> that, and I were a little bit. That's the only bigger. kind I ever had. Right. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, it's by the same company that makes a lot of other tools and oh, yeah, you know, those kinds brands, of products. Yeah. Like Husky. I bought it through Home Depot. You can buy it online at Amazon, and I think you can buy it through their own website as well. Turned out, this thing is way heavier than I expected. Just to give you some <laughs> dimensions, this thing is two feet deep, one inch thick, solid oak or maple or something. I don't know what kind of wood oh, it is. Oh, the top is a solid piece like that. And it's 72 inches long is the nice. one that I got. that's big. So, oh. yeah, six foot. So... The great thing about it that I really wanted it for, I had seen it in a video on YouTube of this guy who he specializes in these videos that allow you to set up a YouTube studio on one desk in a confined space even. So like mine is 72 inches, but they go all the way down to like 45 inches, oh, I think, or something like buy. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, oh, nice. they have okay. all different sizes. The great thing also is they have all different kinds of configurations, some with no drawers, some with one drawer, some with two drawers, and the drawers are those same kind of long metal smooth drawers that you would find like in a really nice tool chest. Oh, like a craftsman kind of like metal yeah. drawer deal. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So this isn't like cheapo Ikea crap. It's, it's like not really cheapo sturdy. Ikea stuff at all. Oh, wow. It comes with uh, either levelers or casters. You can put on whichever you want. I put on the caster wheel so I can move it around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Locking wheels? Locking wheels as well. Yeah. The best feature is that the desk can be raised or lowered to almost any height that you would want to use all the way from a seating position all the way up to full standing. So if you want to make your YouTube videos or maybe you're working on a craft project and you want to stand, there's a little handle on the side. You crank it and it raises both legs up simultaneously to the exact height that you want. And when you stop cranking, it just stops. You don't have to lock it in with a oh, button wow. or anything okay. like that. The gears and the pneumatics and everything are just that good. Nice. Wow. That's really cool. Really solid piece of equipment. Very heavy, a little expensive. I paid two eighty nine dollars for the 72-inch model that I got with no drawers. Ooh, is is okay. that a little expensive? That's a lot for a table. But, but it, <laughs> it sounds like you're getting your money's worth, though. This is real stuff. I mean, it's going to last you forever, obviously, right? It is. It's going to last a long time. I've shown it now in one video, the 1942 arcade cabinet video. That was mm -hmm. shot on that desk. That's the wood behind the arcade game is from that desk. I will now feel more comfortable shooting other videos because I have this setup and I can wheel this thing around anywhere I want in that room. So when I get all the walls set up with all my decorations and everything, I can have a wall that's set up with my drones behind it. If I want to do a drone video mm -hmm. or my comic books behind it, if I want to do a comic oh, so you book just video. swing the table around. I just swing the table around and it's all set up. I can have all my lights, my microphones, my computer, my monitors, everything on that one little thing that I attach to that desk. But it's the desk that makes it all possible. I only have one question. I mean, everything you have sold, I mean, if I needed a table for that, and I will eventually, mm -hmm. um, but whenever I've seen those adjustable tables, they're either motorized, which this one isn't, obviously, or the crank, right. and especially something having that big, heavy, one-inch thick tabletop, tough to crank, easy to crank. How much energy does it Smooth take? Smooth and easy. Really? That's yeah, cool. even loaded Very up with stuff, it's easy to do. 
Yeah, I've got all my little quarter and six inch scale cabinets on it right now, mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. a big box of lighting equipment and stuff. And I can just crank it with my hand with no effort whatsoever. It's wow. really easy. And the little hand crank, if you're worried about it getting in the way of something, it just slides right out. You can take it off of the table and then you can put it back on later. Oh, geez. Let me say, and the top is actually, oh, it's a wooden butcher block top. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, that's why it's solid. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I'm seriously considering getting more of these in different mm. sizes and different configurations for that room because I like this a ton more than the cheap little plastic folding leg tables oh, that I yeah. have in there right now. Those, after a while, they just don't feel comfortable to sit at and work on. You know, the little spongy top as you press into it when you're doing mm-hmm. something. Yep. And they're kind of rickety and shaky. Oh, yeah, a little wobbly, bit from side sure. To side. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. But this was rock solid. Yeah. When you sit at it, it just feels comfortable. I was doing some stuff the other day in there where I was, my mother had made a puzzle and she wanted me to put it in a frame. And so I was cutting apart the glue that was around it. And I was using my cutting mat on that table to protect the surface. But the table never moved, and I'm using an X-Acto blade, pressing pretty hard, and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is nice. Cool. All right. All right. So, yeah, we did find a link for Amazon. If you want yep. to go take a look, there's several sizes. I don't know how many, what they have on Amazon, but I found the link we'll throw down there. Mo, you will hook up our listeners if they want to go. It's Leave it to George to make a table sound like a sexy piece of tech. My God, you did it. <laughs> you know? Well done. <laughs> In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. This is the new shape. The new design. The new dimension of interactive video entertainment. That actually accepts both cartridge and card software. Releasing new worlds of sight, sound, and power. For you, the Sega Master System of Entertainment. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get into the game segment this week. I am looking very forward to what John is going to talk about. (laughs) Mo has nothing to talk about this week, so I'm going to talk about a small little game really quick so that we can get into John's topic. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to go as small as I can. That is my phone, and I'm playing a new game on my phone. And it's called Basketball Forever, and the forever is spelled F-R-V-R. Okay. Have you either of you guys heard of this game? Never heard of it. Never. Nope. Well, now you have because I just mentioned it. Okay. Look, I'm a liar. I've heard of it. Like seven seconds ago. Correct. Yes. Well, there you go. I'm with you. So on my phone, I have that Android games play thing for Samsung, whatever it is. I forgot Mm -hmm. what, but it's where it's like a little icon that you click it and it has all your games listed in it in one spot instead of having to have Mm -hmm. the separate icons all over your desktop. Well, that thing keeps getting updated all the time. And one of the things that it got up to dated to recently is a little section called Insta play. These are games that they're promoting that you can play them without actually having to install them on your phone. So it's like you're playing them streaming kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. This was a game that popped up in that. And I said, okay, I like basketball. I'll click it. And all you're doing throughout the entire game is using your index finger or whatever finger you like to flick a little basketball into a goal. You're attempting to make a swish, you know, not touching the rim on either side. Mm -hmm. That's the perfect shot. And you get more points for doing more of them in succession. As long as you keep making goals, you get to keep playing and running up your score. You keep getting little add-on things like extra coins. And when you complete certain missions, like say, 
score 40 points in one round, then you get little bonus power-up kind of things like maybe an energy drink that makes you more accurate or a silver basketball that gives you more points when you shoot mm-hmm. it, that kind of stuff. Okay. Simple game, and it's part of the Forever series because you can continually play the game forever, essentially. Oh, right? is, I didn't know there was even a series called Forever, so it's yeah. a whole well, bunch of games. That's my point. So this company, FRVR, they have a whole bunch of these forever games. There is Darts Forever, Cricket Forever, Drag Race Forever, Gold Digger Forever, Gold Digger. Road Trip Forever, <laughs> Gold Train Forever, Balloon Forever. I have no idea. Harp just keep blowing forever. into the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, football forever, all kinds of these games in this list. And that was what interested me the most. I didn't know it. They don't heavily promote any of the games. If you want to go ad free on this thing, it's two ninety nine. So that's the most you ever have to pay for mm-hmm. this game. If it's a fun okay. game, that's not bad. I, I don't mind. It's a fun little game. I've, I haven't hit a point yet where collecting your power-ups or your coins or anything like that is dissuaded in any way that you might have to spend extra money like, you know, right. oh, you're out of things, so buy more coins or anything like that. No, it's just, you just play. That's it. It's very simple, very intuitive, and it's a good little time waster. It's not, you know, an app that you're going to get big into, but if you're sitting there bored at your dentist's office in the waiting room, <laughs> you flick basketball. this is one of those like mindless <laughs> yep. games that you can enjoy and quit easily without worrying about nice. it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm always looking for something to do to kill time when I'm on the crapper. So that sounds like there you great. go. <laughs> candidate. TMI, but okay. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> I wanted to spend about as much time talking about that game as I do playing it. So just a couple of minutes. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And I wanted to get into John's game because John played this game and I got to join him on a recent live stream of him playing this game. Yeah, we're talking about this. Maybe it's a horror game. It's kind of a a weird tongue-in-cheek almost psychological horror game called In Sound Mind. My daughter had played a beta of this maybe a year, year and a half ago, and she did a little video on it and showed it to me and says, when this comes out, you got to check it out. And for a brand new game, it's only, I think, 35 bucks. And so I didn't figure there was going to be much to it, honestly. Okay. And we talked recently about Far Cry 6. We talked recently about Deathloop, these big triple a $60 top tier games. I have been thinking more in my downtime about this game than either of the other two games. It's so much more creative and innovative and thought provoking. So the basic concept, maybe I'll just read the description a little bit. It says, In Sound Mind is an imaginative first person psychological horror with frenetic puzzles, unique boss fights, and original music by Living Tombstone. Journey within the inner workings of the one place you can't seem to escape, your own mind. It's Mo, you saw the live stream, George yeah. you saw and then participated helped me because I was lost I couldn't find my way through there's no map <laughs> right but what it ends up being is you're you're the psychologist who has had patients die at some time in the past and it's unclear whether you're like living in a dream or something is actually like some terrible apocalypse has happened but you're in your apartment building and you start to find residual pieces of your patients and you find these cassettes and you play this cassette you hear the history of this patient who died And then you go through this glowing door into this alternate world that represents the psyche of your patient who died. The one we played on the live stream is enough. That that was worth 35 bucks to me. But real real briefly, what we did is we we walked around in this big old abandoned like a Sam's Club or a super Walmart that was all torn down. There were mannequins everywhere who were freaking scary and moving Mm -hmm. around. Well, that just moving around. It's like one of those things like you turn around, nothing. You turn around again. And you're right at your face. Yes. But they're right at your face and you scream but he's holding a key that you need. I'm like, oh, he wasn't after me. He's like helping me. <laughs> yeah, they, but, they are, <laughs> but... Yeah, it doesn't help my heart any, but they did help my puzzle. You're paying a price for that help for sure. Yeah, but ultimately (laughs) there was like the restless spirit of your patient who was in this kind of uh, memory of this place you used to shop and you have to help her realize herself and get her to see herself in these mirrors and ultimately you help her out. You set her free and you go back to the main hub and then come to find out there are five, four or five more patients that have these entire worlds in totally different arenas with totally different bosses totally different mechanics to fight. I haven't even touched yet. And this thing is by a little developer called We Create Games. 
They've not done a lot in the past. We looked them up. Uh, and this looks like their biggest, most ambitious game to date. And this is somebody to keep a damn eye on. If this was their first like big game, oh my goodness. <laughs> and they have several people. I went to their Discord server and gave them the link to the live stream, you mm-hmm. know, John, so that they could take a look at it. And I offered an invite to them if we do another live stream, if they'd like to come and sit in as the creators of the game. Yep. But they they have a few games here and there, but you're right. This one seems to be the largest in scope of what they've done previously. Yeah. Oh, without Let a me doubt. tell you, as far as atmosphere and everything oh, yeah. else, I mean, it was, I mean, just watching you play, it was like making me anxious. You know, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. even playing yeah. and I'm feeling anxious watching you play. So from a time standpoint, I mean, I know you went through the whole first person, first patient, I don't know what you want to call it, right? How long did that take you? Uh, it took us about three hours. We did a mm-hmm. three hour live stream. We got through the beginning hub to get your gun and stuff. And then we did an entire patient for three hours. So theoretically, there's, I think there's five totals. So that'd be 15 hours more. plus the hubs. There's probably 20 hours or so of gameplay. A very atmospheric, in-depth yeah. kind of stuff. It's it's just well done. And we're assuming that each patient will be that same time length. My that's true. guess yeah, is true. that it might be longer time lengths for some of the other patients. I feel yeah. like this was... Like, I know the hub was your introduction, but I feel like this was the intro patient. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, and this one had to be probably the easiest one, too. I mean, it's your first one, so they're going to kind of ease into so. it. Yeah. So I'm sure the later <laughs> ones are going to be not as simple. I mean, I won't say this was simple, but, you know, I'm sure they're going to ratchet up. I don't see mannequins, like, giving you a foothold so you can climb up on an air compressor in some of no. the other patients. <laughs> <laughs> that was the mechanic that I enjoyed the most. So if anybody's ever watched Doctor Who and you remember the statues, oh, the yeah. angel statues that oh, yeah. you look, the weeping angels. you have to keep looking at them so they don't yep. move. And then when yep. you turn your back, they come up on you. So you'd look at them, they wouldn't move. You'd look away and then look back and they would be in a different position. Yes. And in one of the scenes, the one that I'm talking about with the handhold, you had to look away multiple times to get right. the creature into the position that would allow you to climb yeah. up on. Right. To give yeah. him the opportunity. Like he would point in a certain direction and you look away and then you walk closer to it. And you look away and you look back and he's standing, like give you a boost up. His hands are down. Like he's helping me. He knows what mm-hmm. I need. <laughs> yeah. Although it's spooky, like hey, accepting that help is weird because you're like, uh, okay. Well, especially because most of their names were Jorge. Yeah, that's right. The, the main mannequin's name was Jorge. It was George. Thanks, yeah, George, George, for your help. Yeah. <laughs> he had a little that's name the, tag. That was the headless one, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the brainless one is what we were saying. Even if you don't like horror games, this is one that you ought to check out. It's, and it's not like super creepy, super scary. It has some jumpy, scary stuff in it. It's atmospheric. It's a little mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek. He eats food and he goes, nom nom. Like, he's, it's kind of goofy <laughs> in a way. So, in sound mind, we will definitely put a link down in the show notes for you to check yeah, that out. Yeah. And to the live stream uh go take a look see what you think laugh at me kind of getting scared and lost in a <laughs> in a store it's, uh, it was great fun oh yeah you've got questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Our family had the toughest time making friends. Then we bought Pressman's new video cassette game, Doorways to Horror. Now we have lots of friends, right, Mummy? Doorways to Horror is what you play along with famous Hollywood film monsters. It really takes brains. It's a VCR game you can really sink your teeth into. And they love it too. And it's all monsters. Pressman's new video cassette game, Doorways to Horror. It's so much fun, it's scary. Also look for Doorways to Adventure. Before we exit the show, we always like to take a few minutes here in the last segment to talk about the things that we're excited about looking at currently or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. Uh, and I'll get rolling saying that one thing I'm definitely looking forward to is uh, we just picked up the latest Jackbox, Jackbox 8, started playing that over on Discord. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. It's got a lot of really 
innovative little games in it. Sometimes you get these jack boxes and there's one or two games you really mm-hmm. like in it. I think there's like five or six games in this and all but one I really liked. One of them is just iterative. I think it's drawful with animation. And it's like, oh, okay. it's a drawing game. The others are all really interesting and innovative. Some are like casual trivia. Some are more involved, like puzzle solving and that kind of thing. But they're all really great. So I want to play some more of that. Definitely. The next thing I'm really looking forward to is taking the parts that I ordered and testing out Unraid based on the advice oh. of our- <laughs> Yeah. So this is a great thing, George. She does all the research for us. Right. <laughs> is that Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. But so what I didn't buy a server rack like we talked about. I had an old nice PC that's got a, a GPU and it can handle all the virtual machine stuff. I'm just going to get a nice new expansion to hold more SATA drives and use that as my So I don't have to buy anything new, just expand it a bit. Bought okay. a couple of drives and bought a USB stick that's quality. I'm going to test that out. I can't wait to see if that meets my needs and replaces all of my various storage capacities. But but the number one thing I'm looking forward to coming out November 7th oh, is the return Uh-oh. of my favorite serial killer. That sounds funny, I know, but <laughs> Dexter, New Blood. Yeah. The Showtime series, Dexter, the, the serial killer with a heart of gold who only killed bad people. <laughs> Mostly. He had a crappy send-off in the last yeah, season when that series terrible. ended. So they bring him back for a limited series on Showtime. Uh, Dexter, New Blood. He kind of buttons up all the loose ends. Uh, his sister is now the voice of reason instead of his dad because his sister passed away at the end. So much cool stuff in that. And I, I've insulated myself. Don't want to know too much about it. Mm-hmm. It's coming out November 7th. Uh, so that's the stuff I'm looking forward to. Mo, how about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, yeah. So one thing is, uh, remember the game Death Loop that you talked about in the previous show? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said I'm waiting for it to go on sale. It went on sale. So I got okay. it 10 bucks cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, Damn it. And, and I had a $20 gift card that someone gave me. So I was like, okay, I'm getting this thing. You got it for so, like five bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Even that with all that, it was still like 20 bucks, but still. Oh. <laughs> but so I'm looking forward to playing that. I just played a little bit and I I could see this is not going to be like, okay, it's a simple game. This is going to take a while. <laughs> you gotta, we, t- we talked about it. You got to yeah. think. Yep. But it, it looks super interesting and it just, I already like the, the world that it's in. Dexter, of course, like you, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that oh, yeah. when it comes yeah. on. I always love that show and the thing i'm probably looking most towards is the next marvel movie internals coming out november 5 i read a little bit of eternals as comic book back in the 70s 80s but i honestly don't remember a ton about them other than that they were super old and super powerful Mm. and i mean the cast is pretty huge which i'm hoping is not a bad thing (laughs) because how do you introduce like a good looking cast too of people yeah yeah. like top tier tier people yeah Yeah. definitely looking forward to that you know i I think i'm ready for another marvel movie so definitely gonna watch that when it comes out so that's that's everything i got so how's you george what you got going on uh well first thing i'm looking forward to is fixing my pc thanks to microsoft or amd or both i don't know your new one one? your new one yeah my new my twenty eight hundred dollars skytech gaming pc yeah i'm looking forward to fixing this thing what what happened well Well, so what you can't see from your side of our video screen is that i'm only on one monitor right now out of this three monitor card that i'm using october 12th or so there was an update from microsoft and yeah when it rebooted and i woke up next morning i only have one monitor i have swapped cables in and out i have tried to remove the damn update the update won't go away oh no i updated to windows 11 just to see if that would clear it up that didn't clear it up i've been talking with skytech they've given me some things they're essentially right now recommending that i wipe everything oh no no. that sucks which i don't want to do but i can't because I know I just did it when I transferred everything over. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, you don't. Ugh, I don't stinks. want to, but if I have to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to back up the system, wipe it down, see if it does work, and then start putting stuff back on it. Maybe go straight to Windows 11 and skip over all the Windows 10 bullshit. Oh. But yeah, not not a lot of fun right now. Oh, sorry That's to hear stinks. that. Sorry man. about that. Ah, it's all right. It's the way it goes. I'm also looking forward to watching more of Walking Dead. There are three series out right now. All three of them have been airing episodes recently. <laughs> really? Two of them are in their final season and I've caught up on the main Walking Dead series and most of the newer one called World Beyond that was the younger kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still need to catch up on Fear the Walking Dead that's got a couple episodes, maybe just one at this point, but I'm looking forward to getting through that whole universe and seeing how they wind up all these characters as two of these series ends. That has to put a real crimp in your Law and Order watching marathons. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's getting in the way of that. I mean, fortunately, of everything I can watch on YouTube TV, I've watched all of my Law and Order SVUs, so that opened up a small window. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Which, which series are ending? 
Uh, right now, World Beyond and the main series are both ending this oh, year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Up. Uh, and then the last thing I'm looking forward to is the same thing. Mo is Eternals. I'm looking forward to it for a slightly different reason on the cast. One of the people who's playing one of the characters of the Eternals is one of the main actors from a movie that's one of my favorites called Train to Busan. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Orphan. Yeah. 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 That's so a great that movie, guy yeah. who was the sacrificial husband of the pregnant oh. wife who did survive, he's one of the Eternals, and I can't wait to see him in this film because I loved him in Train to Yeah. Bassoon. Oh, my God. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. Wow. Cool. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, again, a little bit of Marvel fatigue, but Eternals looks really good. So I, I think yeah, I'm right there with yeah. you. I'm going to see that. All right, guys, a lot of good stuff. That is going to wrap it up for this edition. Before we leave, though, I want to express our thanks collectively. A brand new patron hit us up. Actually, a longtime listener, Woo-hoo. Mike Coe, hit oh. us up. He joined us right out of the gate at that $10 level over nice. on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. That's awesome. He also nice. jumped into Discord with both feet. He is a wonderful addition to our little community over there. <laughs> he's got just the right attitude, just the right sense of humor. He's given us the business, so I think he's going to fit in really well. And we're grateful <laughs> for his support as well to him and of course everybody who supports us there on Patreon or as a member over on YouTube thank you so so much for your support it means the world to us that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show we're going to be back in two weeks with another one but next week is our backtrack we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep it is high time to have an entire backtrack all about one big Twinkie (laughs) (laughs) that's a big Twinkie (laughs) Ghostbusters Afterlife is hitting November 19th so in preparation of that we are digging into Ghostbusters, the original, original that started it all. Oh, man. Well, we were talking about preparing for that show, and it's like, we almost don't have to prepare. We know that sh- film so, <laughs> so well. <laughs> it, it's, it's a matter of how can we cram it in to not talk about it for two hours, right? Just yeah. pare it down. Yeah, we have to make sure the podcast is shorter than the movie. <laughs> We'll do our best. If that's possible, we'll see. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. There's plenty to talk about from the cast to the music to the yeah. the legacy to the the cartoons, everything that came out of that. And just it, it's been such an impact on pop culture in general, especially Gen X pop culture. So you don't want to miss that backtrack. That'll be coming your way next week. Until then, I am John George. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Always fun, man. And fourth listener, it's you. We all three appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener. Ooh, I just smacked my microphone with my finger because this wire is hanging down too far. Uh, it's not a finger. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not a finger. <laughs> it's still not a finger. You filthy bastard. We'll just get one of those bulbs that's addressable, right? You could pick a color. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, there yeah. you go. You'd be like, hey, Google, turn that light red. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How's a promo? Oh, shit. I'm good. I just turned all my lights red. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Google, that's great. <laughs> make all the lights white. Anyone? Hey, Google, make all the lights white. <laughs> oh, man, we got to capture this video. This is <laughs> Gee, awesome. What the hell? <laughs> okay well let's just, i'll fix this in a second apparently that works as if you know uh, eight bulbs all went fucking blood red on me that's nice i'm good oh god that's a shocker i didn't see that coming all right promo good i'm good yep. hi this is comedian and writer and let's be honest i do a lot of things this is dean archipotis the host of whiskey business the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.